0: Morena no mai kiti korero iranga e irarangi ona tangata o Manawatu. It is the catch-up on Manawatu People's Radio, uh, and it is a Thursday morning, and that means we turn our attention to local government. And today it's the turn of Palmerston North City Council, and we say somewhat confusingly because we're already well into February, but happy New Year uh, to Mayor Grant Smith. Good morning. Yeah,
1: Morena, and uh, yeah, good good morning, <laughs> and and happy New, belated Happy New Year. That's
0: probably a better way of putting it. Uh, I think the last time I saw you, uh, you were riding around on scooters, um, uh, showing off the the new launch of
1: those. Um, That seems to be going fairly well. Yeah, it has. And uh, look, um, it's buttoned off a little bit in more more recent times, but uh, that's more COVID than anything else. Mm. Uh, But, you know, it's going well, and I think it's – Showing the youth of the city um, also shows some of the benefits of the city being able to get around relatively um, easily in a flat um, um, non restrictive environment mm. so no good on, good on the good on the companies for bringing it and uh, we tried to iron out as many problems as we could for um, you know the disability sector for the elderly, mm. for some people that were just worried about it, uh, obviously. Um, Quite um, uh, governors around the CBD and even around the suburbs, and there's some no-go areas as well. Yeah. So we've done our best, and we've you know, and it is a trial. So you know, people can still give us feedback. Good in bed mm-hmm. um and anyway, it's um all all welcome.
0: I mean it seems to be going fairly well and we're not hearing about swathes of accidents. Uh one thing I have noticed in my uh, driving around the city is they're not very wind resistant when they're parked up. Uh often early in the morning you see lots of them just knocked over by by the wind is is that feedback that's already going back or yeah,
1: yeah the parking of them um, you know also uh, one of them has a better, um, um, sort of, uh, uh, stand stand than the others, um, whereas, um, uh, you know, the, in, in, a, in a windier city like ours, um, especially just recently. <laughs> yes, well, if the yeah. trees
0: aren't standing up, yeah, I think yeah. it's a bit, the bit the of a scooters, big ask the for scooters. the scooter. Yeah,
1: So, look, we're, we're working on all that with them um, and giving them that feedback as well.
0: Cool. Um, the City Council putting a lot of stock in making sure that residents are getting their bin clips, uh, which seems... Uh, uh, bit cheeky of me to put so much attention on it. But this leads to a bigger issue, which is yeah, the windy city and bins perhaps getting knocked over, rubbish getting round everywhere. This is a fairly low cost, I would assume, yeah, approach yeah, to dealing it, with look this. Look it is.
1: And um I I think look if you, if you actually take a, a view of what Council provides to people, and they'll always go water, you know, roads, and rubbish and recycling sort of is up there as well. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we look, we surprisingly it's not as bad an issue as people may think about rubbish being blown all around the place. Mm-hmm. But this just stops it um, yeah. almost in its tracks. So I think it's a good idea. Um, it's it, you know the staff have been um, you know thinking up clever ways how they can get people engaged with it, and um, look, it's it's another positive thing, and, it, and it's relatively low cost to do that.
0: If I was going to be cheeky which i 'm not i 'd say that um, maybe the reason that it 's not such a big issue is that the council 's quite restrictive about what you can put in your your recycling bins, in particular around the plastics. Uh, and I know there are knock-on reasons why and, and you need to get rid of it somehow. But are there any ways that the council can look to expanding what can go into those recycling?
1: Well, things? personally, I think there can be. Um, that, sh- that, that, that view isn't quite shared by uh, some of the officers or some of my colleagues. But, you know, your, um, you know some of those uh, slightly harder plastics, the fives and that, which actually make up surprisingly a lot of packaging, um, can be recycled. But uh, we've chosen not to... Uh, collect them, uh, and is that is that, is, that
0: mu- purely must be economical? Because yeah, if, yeah
1: it, it is, and uh, you know, there's places like the fence, uh, the fence post people that um, literally make products, mm-hmm. and the people that make um, uh, you know seating and other things out of them. Um, I, I suppose it's uh, if you drill down to it all, it's it's the separation of those plastics. Um, but look. Um, it's it's something that could be revisited if there was a willingness to do that. I think we'll let um, we'll see how this year goes. It's a bit disruptive to try and add another another turn in the wheel there at the moment, in an election coming. But there might be an emphasis on doing things. Mm-hmm. As you say, it's all very good to say push it back on. Um, consumers and the producers and there has been a bit of that but it ain't going to go away tomorrow no. we've probably got another decade of this before they develop another um, biodegradable type packaging yeah. product so I mean because
0: if you're saying if, if if there's an appetite for this it will happen but in is the appetite not demonstrated by the fact that people are still putting these inappropriate plastics into the recycling? Because that's a big problem in and of itself, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I think that's got better. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, we can perhaps touch on that on the next session, actually what those numbers are, but it is a bit confusing. I've always been a recycle, before I got into council, we've always been into recycling, and, and I have found it a bit odd that we are quite resistive Mm-hmm. and restrictive on some things um, and again i just when i try to drill down to the reasons why there's a, <laughs> there's a whole lot of um diversion thrown in the way and um, there are
0: other councils that are recycling yeah, these pathways
1: absolutely is and um and, and then i get Scale chucked at us and a whole lot of other, but actually some of the the people that want this product have mm-hmm. come to us. So,
0: is there p- perhaps uh, opportunity to liaise with our neighbours because MDC have just launched that huge a, new a, resource a, recovery a, project?
1: A, a, abs- absolutely, um, I mean they, th- I mean that's fantastic that they've done that. Um, but their operation is actually still relatively small. Yes, um, but we, you know, because. M- Palmerston North does Hora Whenua and uh, Wanganui and Wellington at times. Uh, ours has got quite a bit of scale if we all joined up. Mm-hmm. But it would have to be um, that sort of operation. But it's so confusing when different councils do different things.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, very true. Um, speaking of confusing, uh, the red light traffic system, uh, actually that's – not so confusing, but the current uh, we're facing this sort of uh, phased rollout uh, at, at, the, at the time of this being broadcast we are going to be in the second phase now. That's bringing in things like some people can isolate for lesser times than others. This must be quite confusing when you're starting to look at your council facilities ranging from the, the, the recycling centre through to the Lido, through to the library and how people interact on mm-hmm. in those things yeah. It must be a bit of a challenge for you Yeah it, it is. is.
1: And look, let's be honest, it is and my personal view um, is that, you know, I hope this just goes like a tsunami, gets through us, the vulnerable people are protected, um, you know, and, and we get back to a better normality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think it, um, uh, look, it is what it is, and, and, we, and we've got these phases. Um, you're right, there is some difference in it, and we enter a slightly new, new phase at the moment. Um, We're just managing it on a day-to-day basis, to be really honest, and making sure that, one, the essential stuff's happening, i.e. we just spoke about rubbish and recycling, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's collected, um, that we keep those people that um, run those um, entities and, and teams, so our waters team, very critical, very... Um, very, um, I mean, they're an essential service. They've, We've got to keep that going. Yep. So that's our wastewater, um, our freshwater delivery of fresh water, but also um, just making sure that the stormwater network, all those sorts of things work well, and we needed it the other day. Yes. Um, but also, our, you know, essential roading, um, all those repairs and maintenance stuff. Um, you know, the more I wouldn't say they're nice to have but things like libraries and when you're in a critical situation aquatic centres, um, we just have to manage that and people just have to sometimes go with the flow a little bit there and I know they're valuable um, community assets for people but we've just got to you know, we've just got to pivot a little bit. I know it's an overused word, but yeah, um, you do have to do that. At well,
0: times. I mean, we saw it in lockdown when those places closed down, but other facilities like the Esplanade, like the Manawatu River Walkway, those were things that people really relied on.
1: Yeah, they do, and and, and we're blessed with those parks, and and you know, from from Ashurst right through to Longburn, there are facilities for everybody and um, all parts of the city. Mm. So we've we are and and to keep those open, we're going to have teams of cleaners, um, you know, and and they do an amazing job. Those people often the unsung um, and unthanked heroes. Mm.
0: Uh, How is it affecting the governance of the city? And some people might raise an eyebrow and say, "Well, they'll get on with it." I'm quite sure, but uh, you do have to meet, you do have to discuss things. The 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 job of local. Bureaucracy and democracy doesn't cease just because uh, things get a bit difficult. As you've, I think you've said to me, you're, you're looking at budgets, you're looking at annual plans. Yep. Um, there's a lot going on there. How's, how's that going?
1: Yeah, so we um, unfortunately have had to um, uh, exclude the face-to-face for the public. Um, we managed to get through that um, nicely towards the end of last year We people came back into the chamber and it was so welcomed. Um, but, you know, we've we've got – because of um, red light, we can't really do that. Uh, we meet as a council, but it's all masks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're trying to keep – and we've got one or two uh, more slightly compromised, um, you know, uh, health-wise councillors. So we're thinking of them as well. Um, and, you know, we're trying to do as business as usual um, electronically. Mm-hmm. It's not the same, and I appreciate that the public uh, – Bit frustrated with that, especially when they've got, you know, some, some quite big issues they want to talk to us about. And as far so, this as, is about
0: observing it online as opposed yeah, to in so person? Yeah, they can, so
1: they can make a presentation online, but it's not the same. No. And so, the sooner we get through all that, the better. And I mean, that, that's for everything in terms of the, the whole traffic light system. And it does seem to be there is, you know, a glimmer of light at the end of the mm-hmm. tunnel there. Um, we're going to see some. Uh, you know, some of our um, New Zealanders back from Australia which will be nice to see though them back um, as you say some of that self um, different self-isolating rules and time um, timelines and everything else but you know w- w- hopefully we'll see some international students back in the city we've um, that's hurt us mm-hmm. uh, as a city and we're the only regional city the metros uh, get smashed around a bit with that but we're the only regional city that has a real um, international student. Um, cohort as well, um, so I am hoping that will come through and helps the likes of IPU and and Massey and the like. Um, but but um, you know we've got annual um, annual plans. Um, we've got a budget which you know was set, remembering was set twelve months ago, <laughs> um, and things have just gone all over the place. You know, there is labour shortages, there is um, supply chain sh- shortages, there is COVID, there is more inflation. That's just mushroomed. Um, there's interest rates. There's all sorts of things. So we're going to have to look at that mm-hmm. really, really carefully. I don't think we can go out with what we had in our no. in our LTP. It's just for me personally, it's unpalatable. We're not because we're not completing projects. No. We can't. We're you know we're over a hundred staff down, um, and for various reasons. I mean, it's been hard to recruit. The, the, you know all organisations are struggling, but we're probably struggling more than most.
0: Is is the vaccine mandate playing a part in that, or is that just the low unemployment um, unemployment rate? Oh, we have? there's
1: multiple multiple issues, mm. um, but I would say it's more around um, finding people and. With, you know, um, and, and also culture of the organisation, all those sorts of things.
0: Yeah. Um, just speaking of the, the vaccine mandate, I mean, your colleagues at Wellington Council uh, are going through the mill a bit at the moment with the uh, occupation of Parliament. Um, you've got your ear to the ground in Palmerston North. That's your job. Uh, yeah. Are you hearing much anti-vaccine sentiment or anti-mandate sentiment?
1: Oh, look, there's, it's all mixed up. You get different voices from different... Corners, and I sense that's what's going on in Wellington. Yes. It doesn't seem to be a clear, organised um, push. Um, uh, yeah, we're getting a little bit of um, noise. I would be, I would be, um, you know, I wouldn't be truthful if I said there was no noise. There is noise, um, but because Palmerston North sort of in that ninety-five to ninety-seven percent um, vaccine, it's it's quite a small voice, but. Around us is a bit different because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot more unvaccinated people um, rurally and, and, and in some of the smaller districts. So they see this as their city as well, so they wander in and, and um, you know, they're, they're not really my constituents, but they certainly tell me what they think. Yes. Um, but, look, um I think it's just showing there is a bit of a split, unfortunately, and I, you know, regardless of which side of the fence you sit on in terms of should they mandate or should they not – um, you know, we have we have to acknowledge there has been some people excluded, yep. and just how do you keep them um, socially engaged and? I suppose they're venting their spleen down in Wellington at
0: night. Well, hopefully that's uh, just a metaphor and not let, literal because uh, apparently the health system down there, is, or the setting down there, is not great. However, we are here with uh, Mayor Grant Smith from Palmerston North City Council on The Catch-Up. If you'd like to listen to this or previous editions of The Catch-Up series, just head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. Also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your online listening. Um, Grant, we often speak to to Mayor Helen Warboys, once a fortnight, from Manawatu District Council, um, who is uh, opposed, I think is uh, the the most accurate way of saying it, to the government's Three Waters proposal. uh, To be clear, not opposed to the need for improvement or some sort of reform and, and standards in water. She's totally on board with that, I think, as is anyone who's... Thinking sensibly. Um, but, uh, she and, uh, some other councils have set up Communities for Local Democracy, an organization mm. that brings together the councils that oppose the Three Waters reform as put forward by the Labour government and the Naya Mahuta. Um, but Palmerston North City Council is not on that list. Mm. So we get a unique opportunity to sort of ask you why, um, and, well, not so much why, but does that, can we infer from that that you support the three waters mm. proposal?
1: So I, su- I certainly, um, our, our council's been a bit silent on it. Um, first of all, we've we've asked a lot of questions as well. Mm-hmm. Probably a little bit more informed than some of our our colleagues around us as well. Um, and it's a it's a, to me it's an investment decision. So how do we get more investment in? You know, um, although Fielding um, has a consent at the moment they too have some issues like Palmerston North um, that will be rearing its head in, in time.
0: You mean in terms of infrastructure yeah, and, uh, yes. status? Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: And look, I I have some sympathy, though, that how it's just been smashed through and I'm not supportive of the uh, mandating and you must do this and you shall do this, mm-hmm. with which are community assets. But you cannot deny there needs to be more investment. So how are you going to get more investment, you know? Got some of the highest rates in the country around us, um, and uh, it, it, you just can't you just can't do it by yourself. So you've got to be you've got to be more um, more collective. Mm-hmm. I did go to the minister uh, about a year ago and suggested that this four model or down to one or whatever it's going to end up being um, wasn't going to work. She wasn't going to bring everybody with her. In fact, she was going to leave at least. 20-plus councils, possibly more, Mm. um, on the sidelines, including some biggies like um, Christchurch and Auckland. Auckland effectively has done this already with water care and pulled everything together. Um, I suggested that we go to regional council sort of um, level and and do catchments. So why would Palmerston North spend half a billion dollars on improving our wastewater plant when we've still got three non-consented plants upstream. Yep. So we've got to bring the Tauruas, we've got to bring the Manawatus, we've got to bring um, Hara catchment together and then you could do another one with Wanganui and Yeah. Um, so, um, and then you would still get your sort of 300 odd thousand people but it it wasn't they, they would sit on the Scottish water model which was a million people regardless of where they came from. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so now we're lumped in with um, uh, Gisborne uh, and East Coast, right down to uh, Marlborough and Nelson, um, and it's got to be communities of interest. So I absolutely agree um, with uh, Mayor Helen and others that um, it needs to be um, um, more communities of interest. But we're not in we're not in we're not in charge of that side. So um, it's an investment decision. We've got a half a billion dollars coming up. Um, what do we do? Yeah. Do we, you know, do we rate the, the and we've got, you know, the, the external players, we're gonna try and bring Fonterra and a few others with us. Um, you know, we're cleaning up a lot of stuff where separately some of the smaller ones have just concentrated on their small town. And um, their big trade commercial guys go separately. Mm. We've brought the whole lot in. Okay. So we used to have about six discharges to the Marotu River. It's down to one now. Okay. So that's um, that's an improvement. Um, but there's still a long way to go. So our, our our whole idea is to try and get almost use it as a resource. It's not quite there. Uh, that's called reverse emosis, which is what the, um, uh, the Navy ships were doing over in Tonga, which is okay. basically – um, Reverse osmosis takes a, a form of water and turns it back into drinking water. Yep. So in the, in the case of Tonga, it was uh, seawater. We, we're saying you can do it with very highly treated wastewater and bring it right back to drinking water. Singapore do it. Um, parts of Hong Kong. But the
0: plan we've got is that it will stop short of that. Yes,
1: it'll go to about eighty percent of yep. that. So it still means that it can be sprayed on golf courses on race courses, on uh, city reserves, Mm -hmm. can be used for irrigation. Um, Of course, everybody's thinking it's effluent, you know, like um, dairy effluent, and and it's going to go back um, onto farms and you can't, the ghost farms. Look, there's – and technology will improve by the time everything's um, integrated. So I do think there's a real way that we can combine – neighbours But this it's
0: well. going to cost money, and you Does, think the government should be in charge of that? Yeah,
1: well... Because this, this is the thing. Yeah.
0: You say it's an investment issue. You know, where are we going to get the money? The government should pay for it. Therefore, they should probably take ownership. But they are taking ownership of something that the council has mm. previously uh, invested in on our behalf, mm. um, and now it's getting... In, in, in Helen's view, the, 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 the ownership model needs to be clarified. Yeah. Um, I actually disagree with Helen. I've made this point more than once that it doesn't really matter uh, if the taxpayer owns it or the ratepayer owns it because we're the same same person. person. But, I mean, it, it does, I guess, beg the question why... Why has the, the council put the effort into maintaining it, the effort into running it, and then it just disappear? But the council will possibly still be involved in some way afterwards.
1: Yeah, so you'll have you'll have a um, a governance um, board that will look after that. So instead of the council mm-hmm. uh, looking after it, um, basically the same staff probably will mm-hmm. or thereabouts. They'll just have a different, possibly a different person paying them yep. or different entity paying them. Um, but it's it'll be a um it'll be a uh more of a governance board which will have some um, tangata whenua and a lot of those small councils um, are a bit negative on that uh for various reasons we we're we're okay with it um we've always had great relationships with rangatana and we don't see that changing anytime soon uh, and and growing relationships with um uh kofata and and um and uh, Rokawa as well mm-hmm. so I think that's We've. That's the future. We've just got to accept it and get on with it. Um, so of fighting it. So why did
0: uh, you 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 agree with communities for local democracy on a number of the points that they're making? Mm-hmm. Why didn't the city council sign up to it then? Is, but, is that
1: because the big one is um, the money? It's it's the money and it's the investment. And so we've got. Um, uh, a a wastewater plant which we simply cannot build mm-hmm. to that level which needs to be. We could take a cheaper option, but majority of our public want the best. Um,
0: but, I mean, the government would help you with
1: that regardless, well, they have, wouldn't they? they have in the past, mm-hmm. and so if you roll back the dice to the 60s, they built the Palmerston North uh, Ministry of Works, which was government, built the Palmerston North um, treatment plant. They also built Hamilton at the same time and Invercargill. And we've done clip-ons and, and yeah. approved it ever since. So I'm sure there would be, but there was the, the problem was nobody was stumping up and saying he's 200 mil or he's 100 mil. Mm-hmm. Nobody was even saying he's a million. Yep. So they did come up with this three waters and said, we'll pay off your debt on it. Our debt for um, the Palmerston North Wastewater Plant is pretty low. It's about 40 mil, mm-hmm. um, and its assets of around, including the freshwater, water. Um, stormwater's still a little bit um, murky in the sense what's an asset. Yeah. Um, so around $650 million worth of assets. So we're getting that 40 mil back on that um, other other territorial authorities have different mixes. Um, some have um, little debt, mm-hmm. but they don't really have much of an asset. Yep. Um, or they, you know, in Fielding's instance, they've you know they've invested quite heavily in that, and they've borrowed against that. Um, if this goes through, they'll get that back. Um, but then there's the, um, the the payment from from the government, and that's the sticker. It's mm-hmm. it's it's basically fifteen percent or twenty percent of what your assets are worth. And um, that's where people are getting a bit upset. They've invested hundreds of millions into these assets, and they're basically getting squat all back.
0: Yeah, but they don't have the responsibility anymore. They either. don't
1: have the ongoing maintenance yeah, and responsibility. Yeah. And we've just seen boil water notices this weekend, um, bit south of here. But you know, and but we've had them. Um, well, I mean, this is this is the, the impetus for its not it? Yeah. Isn't it?
0: We've, we've had boil water notices. We've seen E. e-, e-, e- coli in Ox Bay. We've had the PFAS issues, very local to here, and that seems to migrate across the ground and turn up in places you didn't expect it. There's a lot going on there that probably councils could just do without having to worry about. Yeah,
1: yeah, and look, but but I think there's there's other other issues too. Smaller councils, um, and and I absolutely appreciate it. they'll have some staff. That do they multitask? So they're an engineer. They look after the roads, they look after some waters, and they look after some other things. What do those people do mm. when, when you know they haven't got enough work, um, and it's hard to attract some of those staff? Then you know the viability of some of the councils it becomes a little bit questionable. So they they rightly so they're fighting for their own democracy and and, mm. and everything else. So look, I you can't you can't question that there is some issues there. Um, it's just understanding find another solution so tell me what the, and I haven't heard a lot of these other solutions I'm the only one that has actually gone and said let's do some catchments or some regional council stuff mm. um, Hawke's Bay did a bit of that as well um, but to date they've just been ignored
0: Just returning to the the red traffic light setting, just for the final couple of minutes of of this uh, interview, um, we've heard various uh, models and predictions. Some people are saying that the rate of uh, infection from COVID 19 will peak round about the end of March. That's six weeks away. It could be eight weeks. It could be 10, 12. God knows how long this thing's going to run. (laughs) Well, exactly. Um, But regardless, uh, during that time, some people are going to be hurting more than others, particularly in the the economic sense, our are, are small to medium-sized enterprises, the SMEs, uh, hospital, cafes and things, uh, they need our help right now.
1: Absolutely, um, Fraser, and thanks for bringing that up. I, and I just urge um, listeners to support local, and, and, and look, the station does. I mean, that's it's sort of built on the back of that, really. But it's it's getting out there and supporting those local um, cafes, especially uh, they're 60% down now, and it could get worse. Mm-hmm. So as you say, we just don't know what that looks like. I'm hoping it's a tsunami. It's over quick. I'm probably going to be wrong. but um, Well, the it,
0: modelling's not working out <laughs> that way, is it? Because no. they, they say it's going to go up and up and up, and it's just yeah, hovering.
1: it's hovering, and that might be because it's a bit different here in New Zealand. Mm. And because we are highly vaccinated, and we have protected more people than we probably thought we did. And we're
0: more spread out as well, yeah. particularly yeah. the South Island. You just don't have yeah. those big centres.
1: Auckland and Auckland have done an amazing job to keep it as low as they have because, I mean, you think about it. Um, and we thought about what happened with the Delta and, and before that the, mm. um, the, you know, the um, COVID outbreaks, um, which were more deadly and let's be honest this this is um fortunately is not as deadly as those ones
0: it is equally as deadly to the unvaccinated mm-hmm. that's i mean that's the message the government's pushing out if you are vaccinated, yes, the chances are this will be a lesser var- form of the variant but if you're not vaccinated mm-hmm. or you are immunocompromised, this is still
1: very serious yeah I, I was sort of assuming everybody was vaccinated <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh, don't do that, Grant. Uh, We are out of time uh, on the catch-up this morning, but Mayor Grant Smith of Palmerston North, thank you for joining us.
1: Good. Lovely to be here. Thank you.
0: And remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch-Up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. Back tomorrow at half past eight with another edition with MP for Rangitiki, Ian McKelvey. Join us then. Bye for now.